Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar and Judd Zolgad here with you. Yes, we are back just one day later. And uh, with in the flames, Judd, I feel like I'm dodging fiery arrows here on Twitter for saying that Case Keenum showed us the good and the bad of Case Keenum and why they need to start looking at when they can bring back Teddy Bridgewater. I didn't expect the rage that has come through uh, based on uh, that opinion, I, I thought that most people would have shared that opinion. You don't understand. They're seven and two, and Case Keenum is going to Canton, Ohio, as soon as his career's done, collar. <laughs> and you must be on board with Case Keenum, or else you're. Yeah, it's very, it's very weird. And here's what's weird about it. And here's what I don't get from Viking fans right now who are pro Case Keenum. This is not a storyline being driven by us. This is a storyline very much being driven by, and I'll say this slowly. Your team, the Minnesota Vikings, they are, this is not a media-created, hey, there could be a switch here, so let's talk about it. This is a head coach getting up at a podium and continually saying, I haven't decided on my quarterback, or in the case of his Monday press conference, Zimmer says, I have decided, and I'm not going to tell you, and I'm going to tell the players first on Wednesday, thereby leaving us to extrapolate that there's at least a small possibility that the starting quarterback on Sunday, although I don't think this is going to be the case, is Teddy Bridgewater. And so this whole pro-Case Keenum thing strikes me as very odd because it's not a story being driven by us. It's a story directly coming from Winter Park. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that Zimmer did not declare Case Keenum the starting quarterback and the fact that after the game he was kind of hesitant in his praise of Keenum. I mean, he praised him again today for the four touchdowns, but he couldn't stop without saying the two interceptions were really bad. And that's what caught our eye, too. I mean, it should for everybody. But, I mean, with Keenum, you have to know the situation there. And this is what Zimmer said. You have to know where you are in that game. If you kick a field goal, it's game over. Then you could just run the clock out. And instead, you go wild and throw it into triple coverage. But this has been Case Keenum. I mean, this is something we talked about even when it was him starting his first game. He can throw down the field, unlike most backup quarterbacks, which we saw that yesterday for sure. 
but he's a wild man sometimes. And when there are comparisons to Brett Favre, you always think, like my buddy Kean Fahey, who's been on the podcast before, has kind of a great saying about Brett Favre. Because Favre was so unique in the way he played, anytime you're getting compared to Favre now, it probably means you're throwing a lot of picks that are bad, right? Yep. I mean, yep. no, he's a gunslinger. Uh, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, there's also he's throwing it into quadruple coverage or he's you know floating one out there to get intercepted that almost turned into a pick six and did turn into a touchdown that kept Washington in the game. So all of those things... I think play very much into the decision of when to bring Bridgewater back. And Zimmer did not shy away from talking about those interceptions. So that's yep. what, that's what makes me lean that way. Uh, but Judd, it doesn't seem like it's going to be this week because Jason Lock on four of CBS is reporting that Keenum is going to play against the Rams. Yeah. And, and I, I think we've discussed this uh, in detail a few team, a few times. This team doesn't seem to be, be the right team to bring a, Teddy back against, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to do it, I think you're right. I think it's either Thanksgiving Day in Detroit or or it's what I said, which is the week after that at some point against the Falcons in Atlanta. Uh, you know, the Rams have a really good defense. The Rams have a really good team. And I guess my question becomes, uh, just over a week after activating uh, Teddy from the pup, do you bring him back and start him, by the way, at home where there's more pressure as well, against the Rams, I think the answer is no. But Zimmer has an opportunity here that he's seizing, and I don't blame him one bit, and that is the opportunity to keep us guessing, right? And yeah. so, and there is no coach. I mean, Brad Childress, Matthew Collar, Brad Childress used to keep us and opponents guessing about matchups like this. Will it be Tavares Jackson or Kelly Holcomb? <laughs> will, it be, will it be Tavares Jackson or Brooks Bollinger? With all due respect, I'm sorry, but when he did that, I laughed. And the reality was, though, that there's no coach on the face of the earth who, when presented with this opportunity, is not going to try to make us guess for as long as possible because they perceive that as as some type of slight edge, right or wrong. Um, In this case, what the Vikings are presented with, though, I think, which is sort of good, is two decent quarterbacks. So I don't think Keenum plays... Or I'm, I'm sorry, I think Keenum plays and starts on Sunday against the Rams, uh, but I still fully expect with the way that Zim is approaching his comments, which, by the way, every time he says, and, and he's taken this tax for, for two consecutive days now, every time Zimmer says Keenum is an excitable guy, that's not a good thing. That is yep, a... That's the, gunslinger. The, the last, the last, unless you're far. The last thing any head coach wants to say about his quarterback is he's an excitable guy. Coaches love what? They call it flatline guys, right? Mm-hmm. Tom, Tom Brady gets very excited on the sideline, but when the fur starts to fly on the field as far as decisions go, right? Yeah. He, he is calm. He is able to process. So to me, when Zim keeps saying, and I think he said it three times in the past two days, that Keenum is an excitable guy, that's code for I can't trust him completely, and it's really code for I can't trust him completely to at all in a playoff game when you can't be excitable because if you are, you throw into double or triple coverage, you get picked off, and your team goes home. I mean, there's another part of it too, and this is the big debate about Keenum versus Bridgewater that 
All Mike Zimmer does for his life is football. He evaluates football players and tries to put them in the best situations possible. And from what we've seen on the defensive side of things, he's been brilliant with that over his career. And now with Pat Shermer doing what he's done with this offense, making it what it is around Case Keenum with all the weapons, the offensive line. Another thing to read into with Zimmer is how effusively he praised the offensive line. I thought they were excellent in that game. Uh, and the run, the pass protection, Rashad Hill didn't give up a single pressure for a guy coming uh, off the bench to be able to do that against Ryan Kerrigan was really impressive. Uh, but uh, with Zimmer being an evaluator for his entire career, I mean, he knows which quarterback is more talented here. It's not hard to figure out. At one point, Teddy Bridgewater was talked about as a guy who could go number one overall. He knows how much Bridgewater was held back in 2015 by a lack of wide receivers. Matt Khalil and TJ Clemmings as his starting tackles. You couldn't know any better than Mike Zimmer how much tackles would uh, make a difference in your passing attack. So he knows which quarterback is more talented and which has the opportunity to take them farther. It's just how do you sort of dance the line of not benching Case Keenum when he just threw four touchdowns? Though I would, mm-hmm. though I would say how differently we might look at that game if Case Keenum had handed off in the red zone as opposed to thrown a one-yard touchdown. If he had thrown one touchdown, two picks, we might be going, well, it wasn't that good of a game, but he got bailed out or something like that. You know, right. It's funny how these fantasy stats just can really color the way we look at a game. Um, but that aside, it's everyone, I think, agrees that Teddy Bridgewater is the more talented quarterback overall, and that's mm-hmm. the one that Zimmer has to believe can take him farther. But you have to navigate this situation, and I think it's very hard to bench a guy after he just won a big game on the road in Washington, so why not bring him out against the Rams? Also, something else came to mind for me, Judd. You mentioned it being at home. You know, Zimmer had mentioned not wanting to start Sam Bradford with the home opener of U.S. Bank Stadium because he thought that it put too much pressure on him last year. Bradford was great in that game against Green Bay, I wonder if he would prefer to start Teddy Bridgewater on the road to not have everything that would go along with it with the home fans. Oh, I, I think, yes. I, I think the answer is definitely. In my opinion, Zimmer's goal, I think, would be ultimately to put Teddy in in the middle of a game on the, the road. And so, so the pressure, because if he starts him, there's more pressure. If he starts him at home, there's more so, yeah, I think ideally if he could bring him in, if Keenum has a bad first half, for instance, on Thanksgiving against Detroit or the next game, I think the easiest thing for them w- would be to make that transition subtly. And then if Teddy comes out and he's terrible or he can't move well, guess what? You go back to case. But I think if they're going to uh, dip their toe in the water at some point and play this guy that it's going to be under the least stress possible. But yeah, I mean, this is Mike Zimmer. Everything he says to me continues to be, we're going to make a change at some point. And and that change doesn't have to be permanent, but when he comes out and praises the lines play, which collar is 1000% right. The line has played well. Basically what he's trying to tell you in code of some sort is there are other reasons why, beyond the quarterback, mm-hmm. he's playing well. But there are other reasons why this offense is playing well. And and I think as fans, we sort of get confused and think, well, if the offense is playing well, the QB must be playing great. And Keenum's done a lot of good things. But the issue in the last three games and what the Vikings are afraid of, and it makes perfect sense, is 
First half against Baltimore, first half against Cleveland, second half on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And all of those things, if you are a coach, if you're a coach and you're assessing, okay, how can I take my team as far as possible? All of those things are going to scare you as much or more than Keenum playing well because those are things that you sit down and say, if they happen against, let's say on Sunday, the Rams, or if they have happen against a good team or in a playoff game, they are going to derail you. So so I think we get too hung up on, well, look at the stats or look at his first or look at Case's first half against the Redskins. Well, that was great. But you can't dismiss the fact that he threw two terrible picks and you can't dismiss the fact that that Zimmer to me on Sunday and especially then Monday came back and in talking about those picks sounded like he wanted to puke because of it. <laughs> he, he did. He, he sounded did. like he wanted he to did. throw up. I mean, he sounded be, but he's right. He's right. Because if you throw that pass off your back foot and you lob it in the air like a punt and it's in a playoff game at uh, at Lincoln Financial Field against Philadelphia, guess what? You're done. That's it. It's over. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, there's another thing I've been thinking about, too, is uh, with this just debate going on that I bet Zimmer can't wait to see how Teddy Bridgewater looks in this offense because when you think about how much offenses, schemes, offensive lines, all those things impact the quarterback, Jared Goff, there is no more better example than Jared Goff who mm-hmm. was an atrocity last year and now is all of a sudden leading the NFL in yards per attempt and has been terrific this season with that offense. And it's a lot because they got a Hall of Fame left tackle. They got two great wide receivers from Buffalo. Good move, Bills, and letting Robert Woods and Sammy Watkins that's your, go. That's your club, Collar. Your uh, Buffalo Bills. Not, not mine, man. I wouldn't have traded Sammy Watkins. But uh, <laughs> I like Robert Woods. I would have kept him. They're and, good, uh, yeah. Nick, no, they're productive football players. They got another bill, too, Nikhil Roby Coleman. He's a guy that I wanted the Vikings to sign, and he's been really good for them, too. Now, the point just being that all of a sudden Todd Gurley is back because they fixed their offensive line, and all these yep. things play into it. Uh, there's, I mean, a million examples. Tom Brady threw 50 touchdowns one year because he had Moss. The previous year he threw 24. I mean, mm-hmm. did he did he unbrady at that point or something or like what what happened? Why did he throw twenty four one year and fifty the other year? Oh yeah, Randy Moss in his prime, late prime, just happened to show up and catch all the touchdowns. So yep. I mean, th- this is the same way it may work for Bridgewater, or at least you have to find out if it can. Because you know, I was talking with Doogie out at Winter Park today, and we were talking mm-hmm. about who the Vikings might play in the playoffs if it started today. The other quarterbacks that could potentially be there include two guys who are at the top of a draft, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, uh, Russell Wilson, Super Bowl winning quarterback, Cam Newton, league MVP, Matt Ryan, league MVP. I mean, if you're going to win in the playoffs and also Drew Brees, Super Bowl champion, MVP, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, if you're going to win in the playoffs... You have to face these passing offenses, these quarterbacks. Historically, you don't beat those guys if you have Case Keenum. So if you are Mike Zimmer, you have to find a way to figure it out. But one situation I could see, Judd, is it taking even a little longer if they continue to win, if he continues to play okay to, to decent, if the wins keep coming. If Let's say if they won 17-13, Keenum was bad, but they played great defense this weekend. I think mm-hmm. they probably stick with them because they know they've got a little bit of a cushion. They know they've got time. 
But I think you need at least three to four weeks of Teddy Bridgewater starting. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I also think that that um, this conversation, to me, because it, it's gotten it's gotten to be almost confusing and convoluted to people. But to me, yes, you need to get him practicing. And it's probably more than one week, right? I mean, in full practice, it's probably a couple weeks. It might be three weeks. So I think you're right. I think it's either Detroit or Atlanta, which, which I've been predicting. But the thing about this, too, is don't underestimate the egos involved here in this sense. Pat Schirmer's done a fantastic job. I mean, I think we would all all agree that he's probably going to get some looks uh, to be a head coach at after this year. Mm-hmm. He's done a great job. So I think what we're talking about here as well, too, is, a, is an ego-driven, and this is not a bad thing, not, I'm not criticizing here. An ego-driven desire by the Vikings to do what you're talking about, which is to say, okay, we went from Bradford, who, by the way, in week one was phenomenal. Bradford's one game, he was, he looked great in this offense. Then then we went to what essentially a guy that amounts to a career backup, and he's looked pretty good. Not mm-hmm. great all the time, but he's looked pretty good. So to your point now – you're saying, what if we plug back in the guy who was the guy before Bradford, who's got more skill in their mind, who who was a first round draft pick? So I think while the fa- I think the fan base sits there and says, well, Keenum's played great and blah blah blah. I think the coaching staff says yes, but he's played great as a product of a system that we built. And what if we put in what we perceive to be a, a superior QB mm-hmm. to Case Keenum? And so it's just. It's intriguing to me because because fans fans think well the players are playing well and this guy's do, doing that and the coaches must think the same thing too. I don't think they do. I think the coaches sit there and watch film of Case and they see the two picks or they see the first half against Cleveland or against Baltimore and they say, "All right, this is our system. Our system works really well. Our personnel, you know, in a lot of places is really good right now." What if we put what we perceive to be the superior quarterback back in? And so so I think while the fans are thinking, well, Case has been fantastic, the team's thinking, well, he's been good, but we can do better. How much are you enjoying this on a uh, 1 to 10 scale, this storyline? Uh, 12 right now. <laughs> this is, I am absolute. this is absolutely, I love, I love this because quarterback controversies are normally sort of fun, but they're ordinarily, aside from like, uh, Denver a few years back. They're ordinarily surrounded by not very good QBs sometimes and or just bad teams, right? Mm-hmm. This is a this is a quarterback controversy at which you've got two decent QBs or good ones and a seven and two team. I just I love the fact that the Vikings can be this good, that they certainly appear as if they're gonna be in the playoffs, and we still have a situation where you say to yourself, they're going to switch QBs because I'm convinced. I am absolutely convinced that it's going to happen. The only question becomes when. And I love the fact that on a press conference by a press conference basis, the head coach swings that door open and says mm-hmm. more and more. And you're like, he's really going to do it. So this has been great fun to me. Yep, I think uh, the more press conferences you attend, the more uh, the better you get at reading between the lines. And if 
they were going to stick with Case Keenum for the long term, if Teddy wasn't in the plans, then you're right. They, maybe he wouldn't be so critical of the interception. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes a quarterback could turn around and throw it out the back of the other end zone, and their coach would be like, I thought he did good things. Like um, <laughs> Mike, Mike McCarthy with Brett Hundley, the, the one yep. game there, he was just like, this is not Brett's fault. It was Brett's fault, a lot of it. Yep. I mean, so... Oh, Brett was terrible. Yeah, he was really bad, but his coach won't admit it. But in this case, I mean, Zimmer's like, yeah, he did some good things. But those interceptions, I was mad as hell. So, yeah, reading between the lines. But also, you don't have to read too much into this. I mean, Zimmer loves Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, I think that winning helps this too, but I think there's we've seen a little bit of a different Zimmer over the last few weeks since Bridgewater has been uh, ready to return to practice. That he's, I mean, I guess, I don't know. He's been a little more chatty in the press conferences. He's been less short with answers and things like that. I mean, I think, right. I think Zimmer's getting excited about his franchise quarterback coming back. And right. why wouldn't right. he be when you see the, that you've got a chance in the NFC with better quarterback play? Right or wrong, Teddy is his guy. I mean, that's just it. And, and if he's right, I mean, the thing about it is, is your analysis of Teddy's play, because you, you weren't, weren't here in uh, 15, your analysis is driven by watching film. Mm-hmm. Your analysis is driven by so so. It's not like you're just a Teddy a Ted head fan. I mean, you sat down and watched him, and there are intangibles there, and there is ability there that I'm sorry, Case Keenum just does not have. I mean, this is not that tough. This is not that tough. And I'm telling you, they're looking at what Shermer's done. They're they are they are examining the pieces uh, personnel wise that Rick went out and got, and I think they are flat out saying, okay, this guy's done a very nice job given what he can do. But we signed him to a one-year, $2 million contract to be a backup for a reason. And that's because we deemed that either Bradford or Teddy were better Q- uh, QBs. So I really don't think that this is that tough. I think that we are, I think we're gnashing our teeth and concerned about something that in the minds of the Vikings is very crystal clear. And that is if Bradford could have come back and played or when Teddy can play, they think that their best chance to make a deep run, possibly to a Super Bowl, but at least a deep playoff run, uh, hinges much more on Teddy being the starting quarterback than Case Keenum. Yeah. And I really I, think it's I think it's simple. I really do. And I and I have made an effort to demonstrate uh, via articles and things like that some of the film on Teddy Bridgewater and what made him special. And and that's the other thing with the coaches is that the coaches they have statistical analysts and things like that who work for the team. But mm-hmm. the coaches evaluate players by the film. They don't look at touchdowns. They don't look at your fantasy score. I mean, and the, and the <laughs> thing with the thing that I just keep having to say over and over and over again with Bridgewater is they hand it off <laughs> at the goal line. I mean, when he got him down there, they hand it off. And uh, it, now I would say that their quarterback play overall, the thing that you just cannot compare across is these two quarterbacks and how one played in 2015 and how one plays now because they're just so different. I mean, you'd, you'd be saying, like, well, what would, uh, how would Drew Brees look if he played for the Cleveland Browns? Like, my guess is not that good. Like, he'd, sure. he'd help them. Maybe they'd win five games, but it probably wouldn't be all that good because they're a mess. They have no idea what they're doing. They have no talent. They have no receivers. And, and so, it, like, things are so different that, you know, I see people saying, well, look at uh, Keenum's quarterback rating against Teddy's, which they're pretty close. But l- look at his in 2015. It's so much different. 
there were so many times where Bridgewater took a seven-step drop, turned around, and there was an edge rusher right in his grill, and mm-hmm. he had, and he had to make a throw, he had to move, he had to make a play, or he had to defer to Adrian Peterson in a lot of situations. The other thing too is Zimmer was trusting his defense then a lot, so they they at times were not that aggressive because they were winning and believed in their defense. So if you get a field goal on a drive, this is what he was asking Case Keenum to do. Get a field goal there. Bridgewater was very good at that. Like, I'm not going to take a risk. I'm not going to throw into coverage. I'm going to get us a field goal, and then we win. And that's one of the major reasons they went 11-5 and five with him. Teddy ran an offense slightly and not fully designed for him in 2014. Mm-hmm. In 2015, in training camp, they had an offense that was designed largely for him, and they aborted it after one game because Adrian Peterson came and he complained, and they basically said, okay. And so it, so when you watch 2015, what you are seeing is a young quarterback attempting to run an offense that had very little to do with him. Mm-hmm. And and that's, wh- that's why the Vikings – I mean, I can't stress enough. The Vikings are driving the story because the Vikings feel in their soul that this guy is the better quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's not close to them. They continue – I mean – Mike Zimmer could, if, if you are a Keenum fan, think about this. Mike Zimmer could get up to the podium tomorrow, call a special press conference on Tuesday, November the 14th at Winter Park, and say, you know what, I'm done with this. Case Keenum is our guy. He's my guy. Win or lose, we are going to go ahead with Case. We're 7-2. and two. We're having a great year. And Case is our starter. He's not going to do that. Why, if, if you're a Keenum fan, why do you think, just consider this, forget what Collar's saying, forget what I'm saying, Forget what anybody in the media is saying. Why do you think that Mike Zimmer is not doing that? He's not doing that because he doesn't think that Case is the answer. Right. So, so this isn't. This just is. This is so crystal clear. And and if they stick with Case, I will continue to say this: you will get to the playoffs, and he will crush your soul. And it will be that simple. And if, if that happens, don't come to me and say uh, this is really sick. No, it's not. No, it's not. If you get to the if you get to the playoffs and you get to and you get the bye, so you play on I think January the fourteenth, and then I believe if I'm not mistaken, the uh, conference title game is on January the twenty first. If Case Keenum is your starting quarterback, eventually he will crush you. You will not make the Super Bowl, and he will throw one or two picks that leave you devastated. Do you want that? I'm not saying Bridgewater is the answer for sure. I'm saying internally at Winter Park, they have deemed that he is more of the answer or gives you a better shot than Keenum does, and. If you don't trust that, don't be mad at us. Be mad at the Vikings. And there are so many examples you can point to, too. I mean, just over the years of quarterbacks who have been good enough to make the playoffs by beating bad teams, mediocre teams, dinged-up teams like Washington, Cleveland, Baltimore, Chicago. I'm not saying he didn't win those games, but I'm also saying that those teams aren't that good. And, I mean, what's the combined record of his last five wins of the opponents? I mean, it's it can't be good. And if it's the Packers game, he played very poorly, but he had the advantage. Also, with the touchdowns and interceptions, some good luck has shined down on Case Keenum because Josh Norman dropped an interception yesterday. Correct against yes, Green against Green Bay, they dropped three interceptions. Yep. I mean, he's he had some lucky bounces off the hands. But anyway, yep. just. Moving on, moving on beyond that, we're on the same page with how the Vikings feel and uh, the direction 
that I think that they're going to go. It's just mm-hmm. when and when and how they make that decision uh, will be really fascinating. So we'll save more of this for the air because I am going to be on with you tomorrow as we record this on Monday. So, uh, you know, looking forward to that and more of this talk. Although I got one tweet today, Judd, one tweet. Yes. Yes. We're talking about Bridgewater too much. Stop it. Oh, real? Oh, what yeah. should we talk about? Uh, Rashad Hill. You know what? I blame Koivu. This is all Miko's fault. <laughs> Koivu. If Miko showed the leadership that he should, the Vikings would be in better shape. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. So we should probably end there. Goodbye, Judd. Bye.